Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Dapper Dividends number 6262. I am your host, Russ. Wherever you are, whenever you are, thank you for listening. Gracias a todos. I really do appreciate you being here. Do you want to know how to become wealthy? I'm going to tell you how to become wealthy. And after we do that, I'm going to tell you about an article I read in MarketBeat giving you three stocks that you should consider buying that can benefit from a coronavirus vaccine. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you my opinions. But first, how do you become wealthy? It is so simple. It is the underlying theme from virtually every single self-help book that is out there. First, spend less than you earn. I don't care how you do it. Figure out a way to spend less money than you bring home than you are paid. Second, save and invest that money into something you understand. And if you don't understand anything, take that money that you are saving and instead of investing it in something you don't understand, find somebody that is successful at making money. I don't care what it is. Find someone that's successful, whether they wrote a book, they have a course, you can contact them and they can mentor you and teach you. Udemy, Skillshare, whatever it is, educate yourself and learn something that other people are making money at. And when you do that, then you can begin to invest the money that you save from spending less than you earn into that whatever it is. And that's how you become wealthy. And just do that over time, repetitively, be like the tortoise in the the fable. I wanted to say, we're going to slow it down. Ooh, we're going to slow it down now. Yeah slow it down. In the fable of the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise got burnt out, got easily distracted, and the tortoise was slow, methodical, deliberate, not distracted. I wanted to say undistracted, but I don't think undistracted is a word. The tortoise kept going straight ahead Slow, deliberate is what you need to do with your finances. Tortoise investing, get rich slow. Would you rather get rich slow or lose money quick? Don't be like the hare, be like the tortoise. We're getting rich slow. I'm getting rich slow. I think my mascot needs to be the tortoise. What do you think? Maybe we need to have a tortoise with a monocle. Dude, there it is. Tortoise in a top hat with a monocle. We got the tortoise in the top hat with the monocle. And I don't rap and that's all I got. That's what you need to do. Get rich slow. Habitual. Habitual. Have it be. Sometimes the habit is more important than the money because without the habit, it doesn't matter how much money you bring in. We've seen that with people like MC Hammer, Mike Tyson, Vanilla Ice, all their money's gone. I don't mean to pick on those guys. And if you do listen to my show, let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to have the cred if you're listening. Oh, Mr. Van Winkle, who is a.k.a. Vanilla Ice. Ice Ice Baby. Back in the day. A1A Beachfront Avenue. That's Vanilla Ice's hit song. Ice Ice Baby. So anyways... Anyways, everybody, that's what you got to do. Spend less than you're in, save and invest the rest in something you understand. And now you know, and knowing is half the battle. And who says knowing is half the battle? Yo, Joe. 
What about these high prices in the market? Heck no. I don't like it as a dividend growth investor. Valuations start going up. You're getting less bang for your buck. It's like garlic to Dracula. When I see these prices shooting up, I kind of get that, ah, that no, it's no good. It's like garlic. It's like a crucifix covered in garlic for Dracula with sunlight behind it. No, thank you. I'm waiting for a pullback. It seems so counterintuitive that you get, it's hard to explain. If you're not a dividend growth investor, when the market is screaming and skyrocketing upwards, I don't want to spend any money. So I didn't. I didn't buy anything yesterday or today. I want to see what happens. I I buy every week. If I have money left over, which I have a little bit, I, I put money, I tend to put it in on Monday night, Tuesday morning, and I will hold on to it depending on what's going on. But in this situation, Kimberly Clark, ticker symbol KMB, was down a little bit. The oil stocks were shooting up. They're still way down. Chevron was the big winner, as I've been preaching that Chevron, I think, is in a better financial situation than Exxon, but Exxon presents the much, much higher long-term growth and potential. I like them both, though, so it's a close 1A, 1B. A, 1A. (laughs) Get back to that. Get back to that ass, Ice. What was I talking about to you? To you people. Hey, Mike. Mike, I see that you're on the expressway there on I-57, so please, thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you are, Mike, and you are on I-57, well, holy crap, I might have a psychic ability. That would be awesome. But I don't. I digress, everybody. The what? <laughs> the high prices in Dracula, that's kind of funny. I think there's a meme somewhere. If you're listening, create that meme. I want to see it. I want to see the... High stock prices is like the, uh, well, you get less bang for your buck. It's no fun. When prices are dropping and it's red, like when we went through in March, I couldn't believe it. I I remember watching that I bought McDonald's around 161, and then the next day it was at 154, 55. And I was just so upset at myself. I bought more, and I thought I just had to wait a day, and I could have had a much better yield on cost. But it's okay. It's way up now. It is what it is. And this article I found in Market Beat, it is a short article. It's something I came across today. It's three stocks that you can buy that could benefit from the coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, game show. The first one on the list, there's only three of them. The first one, ticker symbol BAC, Bank of America. Now, this is a stock I don't own. And I will say I'm intrigued. I have, I guess, not really done any kind of due diligence or digging into Bank of America because I've been staying away from the financial sector. If you know me and you listen to me, here I go again. Here I go again on my own. Here I go again, speeding up, Speedy Gonzalez. Can I be any more hypocritical telling you we should be like the tortoise and not the hare? And here I am spitting fire at you, speaking faster than a hortus. <laughs> a hortus. That's a tortoise and a hare, everybody. If you don't know what a hortus is, now you do. A hortus is something that moves really slow but spends its money really quickly. 
So Bank of America, let's get back to the get back to getting back to Bank of America. Banking and financial products, duh. It's down over 20% year to date. The current price, $27.66. It has had a 52-week range of $17.95 to $35.72, kind of in the middle right there. Again, 2.59% yield. Not super, but I feel comfortable. Again, I really, I think two and a half, two and a quarter is kind of really getting low unless you are like Starbucks or the like of those because they're paying, they're such giants and that's going to come up as they start to mature more and more. They're going to just, they're going to, they're going to increase the yield. It's just the way it goes. They're still growing. They're still a growth company. They're still investing the bulk of that money into growing. But Bank of America, Bank of America, I would say is mature, seeing that they were founded in 1784. You heard that right. 236 years ago in 1784, Bank of America was founded. The yield, again, 2.59%. They pay 72 cents a share annually. That's 18 cents a quarter for all of you that like to do the math. And that works out to 35% of forward EPS. I like to use the free cash flow payout ratio. I did the calculation myself and I got for trailing 12 months, the free cash flow is 18.22%. Super low, super solid. Honestly, anything under 50%, I feel incredibly comfortable. <laughs> I feel incredibly comfortable with. And anything under 25% is just ridiculous. They have no problem paying that dividend yield out. The PE is currently 13.69, which I thought seemed low, but then I looked and compared it to its five-year average, which is 13.04, 13.04. So it is actually slightly overvalued at this level compared to itself. Speaking of the dividend, if you have not been paying attention on the banks, the the United States Federal Reserve, and I believe some European, uh, the Euro- EU did the same thing with some of the banks over the over there yonder in uh, over there yonder in the European Union. They that's not making fun. By the way, if you are from the South, please understand I'm not making fun. I have all these thoughts, ideas, voices, things that go on my head. Boy, that sounds strange to say. I got voices in my head. They're talking to me all night and day. They keep me up and I can't go to sleep. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're back. So the Federal Reserve, you know what that is? That's that's fucking entertainment. Come on. You don't know what I'm going to say because half the time I don't know what I'm going to say. So it keeps you on your toes. And at the very least, you can say, what the hell is this guy talking about? But I don't care, neither should you. What you should care about is the Federal Reserve and their restrictions and the suspending of buybacks. The way that they did that suspending is they capped the current dividend payments at the Q320 level. For right now, for the foreseeable future, that is the cap. The banks are not going to be raising their yields. They're not going to be raising the payments. The dividends paid are only allowed based on the recent earnings formula that the Federal Reserve created and provided for the banks to follow. 
there, there were a few other minor things, but those are the two main things that for me that affect as a dividend growth investor that you want to look at and you want to be aware of. The banks will not be, I don't, I did not check if they were on any kind of aristocrat list. Well, I know Bank of America is not. If there is another one, well, they're kind of, they're kind of effed here because they're not going to be able to increase their dividends because Uncle Federal Reserve will not let them. They put the clamp down on the banks. Now, analysts do give it an average. <laughs> I can't speak. I should I should do these in the morning after I haven't had a full day. Analyst average is $29.50, which gives it about a 6.65% upside from its current $27.66 price. The book value what I found really interesting is $28.37. There are some issues that people have with the book value that it's old and outdated. But I didn't want to say but, but I did say but. What are you going to do about it? Shut me off? Go ahead, shut me off. You won't hear what I have to say. I got some good stuff for you. So the the book value is $28.37, which means if Bank of America were to liquidate all its assets and what would be left for the shareholder would be $28.37, which is more than the current share price, which is pretty pretty cool because usually it's lower, as you'll see with our next stock, Trip Advisor, ticker symbol T-R-I-P, T-R-I-P, Trip Advisor. They're an online travel company founded in 2000, currently down 18% year-to-date, Their revenue has been in decline 65% since quarter three year over year. That is not good. 65% drop in revenue. But there has been a 71% increase of unique users on their website. Now, I don't use their website. My wife doesn't use their website. My wife books trips. She's basically our own travel advisor. Speaking of my wife, Tuesdays, she takes my daughter to dance, so she's not here. I may have her read some numbers for you fine, lucky folks on Friday. If you're hearing this, hit me up on Twitter. Send me a DM if you want to. I don't care, at RustyRam78. Let me know what stock you would like to hear her read some stats on. I'll write it out. She can read the numbers. I'll give her the the, the little script to read, and we'll have some fun with it. So, if you have a stock you would like to hear my wife give a couple of the current stats on, please do let me know and we will get that taken care of for all y'all. And back to TripAdvisor. They have $446 million of cash and cash equivalents on the balance sheet, which is a nice cushion. They don't pay a dividend. But I did look and they did pay a special dividend of $3.50 a share on December 4th of last year. I wish I would have known about that because I would have bought a bunch of shares and had that money go right into my pocket. But I didn't and I can't go back in time. And as you must realize, we are powerless to change the past. You are powerless to change the past. Don't be like I was back in the day. Spent a lot of time ruminating over decisions and things I wish I would have done better or different. And I had to come to the realization that the one thing that really helped me pull out of that was that phrase, I am powerless to change the past. That did it for me. That flipped the switch. 
that turned the light bulb on and said, asshole, stop it. Get your head out of the past. Learn from the past. Don't live in the past. Learn from the past to apply to your future futures. I was going to say your your future presence because we can never, we've talked about this. You can't live in, you can never be in the future. It's like free beer tomorrow. You can only be in the present. You cannot be in the future because as soon as five seconds from now, the future is, watch this, five seconds from now will be the future. One, two, three, four, five. And we're in the present. We are not in the future. The past was five seconds ago, but now we're in the present. So you see how crazy that is. That's a mind mind fuck. You can never be in the past and you can never be in the future. That's why they say in this moment, you only have this moment. You never have the future. You never have the past. You only have right now. So get off your ass and get going on something. Just start. A journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Lao Tzu, famous quote. Man, I love that quote. We got to get back to trip. Let's get back to trip and you're tripping. I'm tripping. We're all tripping. <laughs> they did pay that special dividend of $3.50, which was crazy. The current PE, though, 32.31. I thought, well, damn, that seems like a really high PE. Uh-uh. The five-year PE average of T-RIP is 73.02. That is pretty crazy because right now it is down 56% off of its five-year PE average. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy T-RIP? Are you going to buy TRIP? The analyst average rating is $24.11, which gives it a 10% downside from its current price of $26.84. Who The guy that wrote this article, and I apologize that I don't have his name, the guy will call him. It's on MarketBeat. You can find it and Google it or just listen to me talk about it because it was a short article. It took I could have held my breath and read the whole article. Book value, though, listen to that. So book value of Bank of America, remember, was $28.37. Trips, trip. <laughs> Trip Advisors book value is $8.45. You can see how most companies, if they sold off all their assets out of that $26.84 share price you would have to pay, you would be paid $8.45. That's not great, but as you'll see with another company coming up next, it is even worse. I'm going to take a sip and reflect on what I said before. Think of your uh, think of your thoughts. Can you think of your thoughts? If you're thinking of your thoughts, aren't you thinking? Yes, sir. Me gusta las agua. La agua, not las agua. I like the water. And the last company on our list for tonight of the three stocks to buy that can benefit from a coronavirus vaccine. Ticker symbol, S-B-U-X, one of my favorites. It is Starbucks. Now, you might be thinking, can Starbucks go up really more? Well, this article came out today, and the writer mentioned how Monday, yesterday, November 9th, everything blew up. So he was well aware of this. Obviously, Starbucks, if you've been living under a rock, or if you've been in an Iron Maiden at the bottom of the ocean, and you are an immortal, 
if you are, <laughs> if that's what I'm trying to say, if you've been living in an Iron Maiden at the bottom of the ocean and you were able to finally break out and you are an immortal, that doesn't sound right. That sounds like I'm saying un, U-N, immortal, but I'm saying an, A-N, immortal. If you are a immortal person, funny story, my cat, my cat Harley is 18 and she is senile. She throws up a lot. She has taken recently to shitting wherever she wants, almost whenever she wants, whenever she feels like it. It's been really annoying. And she cries. We call it cry. She just starts making loud noises in the middle of the night when she's drinking water. She's just senile is what she is. We're expecting her to go anytime. There's there's times I look at her sleeping and I, I think she's not breathing and I think, uh-oh, oh, finally did she pass. Nope. Then she starts breathing right again. And my oldest daughter said, Hey, what if Harley's immortal? (laughs) And I said, ah, (laughs) I don't know what we would do. Nobody's going to take her. I couldn't, I couldn't put up with this. If she was immortal in this senile state, that sounds like a movie for another day. But if you are an immortal and you don't know about S bucks, They are a roaster, marketer, and retailer of specialty coffee founded in Seattle in 1971. I was not alive in 1971, were you? Really? I was waiting for you to answer, so thank you for answering. They are, listen to this, they're focused on expanding into China, and they plan 1,000 new stores, not just in China, but just 1,000 new stores. Their sales they just had did beat analyst expectations, which was something I was watching and it was a surprise. Check out their revenue mix. 66% are in the Americas. 22% are international. So they've got some bringing up. They've got some come up in in the international market. And the final 10% or so is channel development. If you don't know what channel development is, get ready because you're going to learn something. Welcome to the learning segment on Dapper Dividends. Channel development. If you don't know what channel development is, channel development is grocery stores, convenience stores, warehouse clubs like Sam's Club and Costco. They've been closing a lot of Sam's Clubs around me. Wonder why. Around these parts. That is what channel development is. And now you know. And what's knowing? Half the battle. That's right. Yo, Joe, the PE is just a very low 122.19. Crazy. (laughs) That PE is called up in outer space, astronomical PE. The five-year average is 32.16. So that's only about 379% overvalued according to their own PE. And yesterday it hit the max, which was 124.52. I'm waiting for it to pull back. I really wish I would have bought more when it was in the 70s, but I didn't. And next time it goes down to those nether regions, we'll be picking up some more Xbox. The analyst target is 88.44, which means it has about a 5.8% downside from the $93.92 price that it's at. Now back to book value. Oh, first, I didn't, on the other two, I didn't touch on, uh, the, the interest coverage ratio. I knew it. I did on a last podcast. I like ICR. ICR is basically the ratio that says 
if you have a, a ICR of five, it means you have $5 of operating income to cover every $1 of interest expense. Benjamin Graham, the famous investor, really looked for nothing under five. So that was kind of his baseline was five. Starbucks has a negative book value. It's $5 and I didn't write it. It was like five something. So apparently if they go bankrupt, you have to pay them $5. (laughs) That's not how it works. You just get nothing. You would have, if Starbucks were to go bankrupt tonight uh, and they had to liquidate and sell everything, I would get absolutely nothing. You get nothing and you like it. 5.13% is their interest coverage ratio. So they have $5.13 of operating income to cover every $1 of interest expense. That's a, it's, it's low, but it is beating the industry average. So the industry average is 4.28%. So Starbucks is 17% better than the industry average on the interest coverage ratio. And if you want to look that up, go to the old Google machine, got a Google machine and type in SBUX or ticker symbol of your choice, whatever it is, MCD, maybe type it in. Uh, Oh, here's a fun one. Actually do this one. Go to Google, type in JNJ interest coverage ratio. And when you get the results, look for Guru Focus. Click on that one and have fun looking at how much money they have to cover every $1 of interest expense. Starbucks 52-week range was $50.02, the high of $97.65, which for, damn it, Damn it, damn it, damn it. I wish I would have bought more at the $50.02 range, but I'm not psychic, which is why we don't try and time the market. And that's why I DCA. Their free cash flow is not very good. The payout ratio is 168% of free cash flow. Remember what I said? Remember what I said about needing it to be under 50 cents to give 50% to give me that warm and fuzzy feeling? Yeah, it's at 168% which is horrible, but that's, that's mostly pandemic driven. That's that take that with a grain of salt. Last year, it was 54.36%, which is about normal what it will be when things come back. So my final thoughts, I don't, and I will not be buying TripAdvisor. I do own Starbucks and I want to buy more, but I need a pullback. And I am seriously considering thinking about picking up a few shares of Bank of America, either for a long-term investment or for a flip. I may just be adding some. If What I'll do sometimes is if I have leftover change, if I did my normal buying and I have like 30 bucks, I might buy a share of AT&T or just something that uh, is down low. Sometimes it's Leggett and Platt. I'll add one of those. That's what I'll do. So follow me on Twitter <clears throat> at Rusty Rams. Oh, I completely forgot one thing. Uh, I did a video on YouTube where I did QSR versus Yum, ticker symbol Y-U-M, Restaurant Brands International versus Yum Brands. And I completely forgot to mention that Warren Buffett had held QSR and sold it this past August. Berkshire Hathaway completely divested themselves from all of their QSR. Follow me on Twitter at RustyRam78. Follow me on t- YouTube. On YouTube. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube, please. I'm really 
learning my way around it. I'm doing different things. We're trying different things. You give me an A for effort. We're trying. Follow me, please. Just subscribe. Oh, for hell's sake. You don't even have to like it or, or watch it. Just just go Dapper Dividends. Click on one of my videos and just hit that uh, that little thumb up button, please. I will love you forever and ever. I'll come to your bed and we'll snuggle. Nothing sexual, though. Just from friendly, clean, we can even put a sheet in between us. We'll just, just to reciprocate and show you how much I really care. Thank you. And, and I have a website, dapperdividends.com. That has been a little bit mothballed because I've been super busy with everything else in my life. And my wife may be doing something with that. Stay tuned. That's it. I'll also be reviewing a dividend tracker app. I'm probably going to be doing that right now. So that should be up on YouTube either tonight or tomorrow, depending on how things go. And that's it. I will be back in just a minute. I, I'm, again, I'm not making fun of people that stutter. I just, it's the old mush mouth, the mush mouth thing. It is what it is. If you stutter, I love you. I'm not making fun of you. And Stick around. I will tell you about my song of the show in just a minute. Okay, so so, so song of the show. Song of the show is Tell It to My Heart by Taylor Dane. Now, if you don't know me by now, if you don't know me by now, you may never, never know. You know me. What is up? You know me. Tell It to My Heart by Taylor Dane. Man, oh man, do I love this song. I, I So when I put it on YouTube here, so when I put it on my pl- my podcast playlist, my podcast, that's somebody with big feet that has a website and a podcast for Fellow people with gigantic, gargantuan, Sasquatch feet. It's called the Plodcast. Plotter is somebody that has big feet here in America. Here in America. So Tell It to My Heart by Taylor Dane. I was a young guy. I was just almost in junior high school when this song came out. I remember dancing to it at a sixth grade dance. It was always on the radio. It was one of the few mega, mega hits that was mainstream. And it was really, really awesome. So my wife texted me and I'm texting her back. I'm not going to pause this because that's why. I'm telling you about Taylor Dane, for Christ's sake. If you're even listening this far, good on you. I love you going to give you a big old, big old virtual audio hug. Ooh, that feels good. Thank you. That feels so good. It feels wrong. And not much to say about this song. It's a freestyle song. It became massively huge. It was everywhere. And I love it because it the song might not even be that good. I don't know. But it reminds me of a time in my life when my grandparents were alive and I was becoming a young man. I always had an interest in girls ever since kindergarten, even in kindergarten, my wife doesn't believe me that girls, there was girls that used to make my stomach feel funny. 
uh, Carrie Sangstock was somebody I went to kindergarten with and I had a big crush on her in kindergarten. People don't believe me, but it's true. I could go throughout all the years, people I had crushes on in, um, in second and third grade. No, first and first grade, it was, uh, Antoinette Fraconi in second and third grade. It was, um, I just, I just fucked myself. Did you hear that? I'm already thinking ahead throughout the years going up all the way to my wife. But point being said is that I like women. I've always liked women. And it just gave me a thought that it's interesting how I've just always known. And there's people that are gay that say they just always, they never had that feeling around girls, but they did for, for boys, for males. I don't know if that's proper to say that now, but it is what it is. Oh, Maria, I stalled. I did it. Maria Zanferdino. I read a big crush on Maria Zanferdino in second and third grade. She was an Italian chick and she liked a lot of the freestyle music and stuff of that nature. And then I had to move, switch schools between third and fourth grade, I started fourth grade at a new school. And basically from fourth grade until eighth grade, it was Jenny Rinaldi. I had a crush on and I was just always too afraid to say anything. Things kind of leaked out because I told somebody and they told somebody, but I was too, too scared to, to say anything. And then in high school, you have crushes on everybody. That's the way it goes. But as I was saying, Taylor Dane, tell it to my heart. In particular, I remember doing my homework. I my I know so much. I know so much about 80s pop music because every single night when I would do my homework, I would think about girls, I would do my homework, and I would have the radio on. So it would just be all the pop songs from the mid-1980s. We're talking 1985 through 1988 was the years that I really did that. And then, well, I always did it like I bust a move by MC hammer popped in my head. That's going to be a song probably for the next show. That's a great song. And this is why most of the songs are going to be old. Some of them are new. I don't really know any brand new music per se, but it's okay. I remember this doing my homework specifically explicitly and specifically when I close my eyes, I can still see my room where my radio was set up at my desk. I remember listening to all the songs and it just, the songs bring me back. I have such an emotional and psychological and memorial connection to the songs, to the music. When I hear songs, in my memory banks, I see people, places, clothes, food, smells, just what I was doing, what I was thinking and feeling. I have, I recently read an article that showed how when you hear a song that you love, the pleasure centers in your brain just light up. And I'll tell you, you get a dopamine hit. You do get a dopamine hit from hearing music that you love, which for me is why when I go to concerts, 
and I hear music I love, it's, I, I don't know how to, just, it's orgasmic to me. It really just is such a feeling that some people don't get. When I hear live music I love and I'm right there and the musicians are playing it for me, it's special. It truly is something I love in my life. And as I've told you, I've spent money on a lot of concerts in my life, but it's okay. Think of it this way. When you're old and you're on your deathbed, now I'm not going out and saying you should spend all your money, but when you're old and on your deathbed and you're sick and you're dying, if you have an extra, I don't know, we'll say if you would have only done a fraction of some of the things when you were younger that were maybe stupid, but you had a lot of fun doing, but you could have an extra 15, 30, $50,000 when you're 80 years, 90 years old. Do you think that you would say, and I hope I would, do you think that you would say, guess what? Or if somebody presented you rather with this choice, and said, here, you can have this $50,000 and you're 80 years old, 75 years old, whatever it may be, or we can take this $50,000 from you and you can be 27 again and go to this concert and a few other concerts. You can go see Rammstein at Soldier Field and pay over $100 a ticket. Hell yes, I, I think you would. I understand you can probably take, well, actually, you know, I don't feel bad about it. And here's why this is another key. I can go on just so many tangents here. This is the key. The money I spent, my wife and I went and saw Rammstein at Soldier Field. It was fantastic. I loved it. We paid over a hundred dollars a ticket. We got a couple of drinks there. I think we ate out that night. All in all, we probably spent a good, maybe three fifty to $400. Yes, I could have invested it, but I had already saved 20% of my income before that. That is all money that yes, could have been saved. But, and I know people do these calculators. I saw somebody on Twitter tonight show how if you drove an old beat or used vehicle and you were to take the, I think they said it was like $554 a month payment and you were to put it in the VOO the Vanguard ticker symbol VOO index fund, and you figure an 11% gain over 30 years compounded, you would have just, I believe it was like $1,074,000. So $1.074 million. You would be a millionaire after 30 years. But if you had that million dollars after 30 years and you start doing that when you're 20, yes, you'll be 50, but you can never be 20 again. You can always get more money, but you cannot be the age you are right now because right now you are the youngest you'll ever be, but also the oldest you have ever been. That's true. Every day you wake up, I don't regret it. Yes, there's times I probably could have spent a little less money and there's times I didn't really save that well. It's okay. That's in the past. Again, we are powerless to change the past. Don't worry about it. You can always start saving right now. And we are taking a trip. I'll let you know about it. Eventually, I have saved for it. I saved. I didn't budget. I just save. And I'm smart with my money. And there's things I don't do. I don't. I very rarely, we very rarely eat out we very rarely 
go to movie theaters. We very rarely splurge on expensive clothes. We drive an older car that has been paid off for years. We don't have that car payment. So I am paying more. Every every week I pay more money to the home mortgage to get that paid off. That's our last debt. And when I retire, you cannot have a mortgage payment. When you have fixed income, unless you're receiving rental income, but your primary residence, in my opinion, you need to be paid off and have no mortgage. I've rambled on enough. I got my app review I got to do here. I got to regroup, wet the whistle, and I love you guys. I will talk to you on Friday. Peace.